Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 293 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Psalm 119 verses 1 through 24 today and our focus is on how can we sin less and obey God more. So five days a week we're in the New Testament, twice a week we're in the Old Testament. Here lately we're in Psalms, soon we're to be in Proverbs, but for today and tomorrow and actually the next few times we're going to be in the Psalms, we're going to go through Psalm 119. It is the single longest chapter in the entire Bible and one of the most profound. It's really all about how we can and should delight in God's word, his commands, his decrees, his teachings. The focus of the the psalmist in this passage, who is not named, we don't know if it's David or who it was, but the focus is on God's word and his power. One of my heroes is a man named William Wilberforce. He memorized this psalm and would recite it and meditate on it as he walked around his home and around his neighborhood, which is really pretty remarkable considering that this psalm has around 2,500 words and it takes up eight full pages. Now, if you've heard the name William Wilberforce before, he was a strong Christian and the British member of parliament in the early 1800s who led the charge to abolish slavery in England several decades before the United States abolished slavery. Now, an issue that is raised at the very beginning beginning of this psalm is how can we sin less? Now, I realize that's a bit of a strange question to grapple with, but a very important one for anybody who wants to please God, knowing that our sins hinder, at best, our relationship with God, as we see in passages like Isaiah 59, verse 2, which says, our iniquities are separating us from our God, and our sins have hidden his face from us so that he does not listen. Well, that's terrifying, and we know from the word of God that sin is dangerous in so many ways, but if we're being honest, you know, it's hard for us to sin less or to stop sinning. Most people would advocate some sort of self-control or self-discipline, and on it, you know, I believe there's some benefit there, as self-control is most certainly a fruit of the Spirit, which means that the more we abide in Jesus and His Word, the more the fruit of self-control will manifest supernaturally in our lives from the Spirit. Now, our psalm today is going to give us a means to win the war against sin, but not by our own might or power, but by something much more stronger than we are and even stronger than our sin. Here's the key. We read it in verses 9 through 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. I've sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Well, in keeping God's word, listening to it, remembering it, honoring it, treasuring it, and obeying it, we can walk in greater purity, says our psalm today. Further, this psalm by an unknown author again tells us that by treasuring God's word in our heart, it will help us not sin against God. Another one of my heroes is a guy named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a German pastor who, when, I don't know, something like two-thirds of the churches in Germany, maybe not two-thirds, but a strong percentage of them, when they really didn't do much about the rise of Nazism in the early 20th century, Bonhoeffer and his crew did. They opposed Adolf Hitler wholeheartedly, 
in the years leading up to World War II, and that would ultimately cost Bonhoeffer his life. He was executed for that, but before he died, he wrote a commentary on Psalm 119, and he wrote, It is never sufficient to have simply read God's Word. It must penetrate deep within us, dwell in us, like the Holy of Holies in the sanctuary, so that we do not sin in thought, word, or deed. And you know what? Bonhoeffer's life showed the fruit of his practice of getting the Word of God deeply into him. It wasn't just words. In fact, Bonhoeffer's years of scripture meditation probably benefited him in his final years, months, and days in prison. Even when he knew he would be executed by the Nazis, he continued to live a life that was characterized by joy and peace. His outlook and his life before he died was witnessed by a British officer named S. Payne Bess, Captain Bess, who was also captured by the Gestapo in 1939. They were fellow prisoners during Bonhoeffer's final weeks, and Captain Bess that wrote about Bonhoeffer and said he was all humility and sweetness. He always seemed to diffuse an atmosphere of happiness, of joy in the very smallest event in life, and a deep gratitude for the mere fact that he was alive. He was one of the very few men I have ever met to whom God, his God, was real and ever close to him. In a letter to Bonhoeffer's family after Bonhoeffer's death, Captain Best wrote that Bonhoeffer was different from the other prisoners, quite calm and normal, seemingly perfect at ease. His soul really shone in the dark desperation of our prison. Well, friends, the Word of God transformed forms us, but it must be inside of us. And and as our psalm tells us today, when we hide the word in our heart, when we treasure the word, there will be supernatural power in us to resist and overcome sin. But it must be inside of us, so says the great poet and hymnodist William Cowper, who wrote, There's a great difference between Christians and people of the world. The people of the world has his treasure in jewels outside of him, the Christian has them within. Neither indeed is there any receptacle wherein to receive and keep the word of consolation, but the heart and the thoughts only. If you have it in your mouth only, it'll be taken from you. If you have it in the book of the Bible only, you'll miss it when you most need it. But if you lay it up in your heart, as Mary did the words of the angel announcing the birth of Jesus, no enemy shall ever be able to take it from you, and you will find it a comfortable treasure in your time of need. Among many excellent virtues of the Word of God, this is one, that if we keep it in our heart, it keeps us from sin, which is against God and against ourselves. We may mark it by experience that the word is first stolen either out of the mind of man and the remembrance of it is taken away, or at least out of the attention and affection of man so that the reverence of it is gone before that man can be drawn to the committing of a sin. So long as Eve kept by faith the word of the Lord, she resisted Satan, but from the time she doubted the word of God, which God made most certain she was snared. Well, that is a warning from Cowper that we must heed. So let's go ahead and read the beginning of our psalm, the first 24 verses, so that we might be better equipped to resist sin and follow God wholeheartedly. Psalm chapter 119, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. How happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk according to the Lord's instruction. Happy are those who keep his decrees and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. 
You have commanded that your precepts be diligently kept. If only my ways were committed to keeping your statutes, then I would not be ashamed. When I think about all your commands, I will praise you with an upright heart. When I learn your righteous judgments, I will keep your statutes. Never abandon me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. I've sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. I've treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Lord, may you be blessed. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. I rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal generously with your servants that I might live. Then I will keep your word. Open my eyes so that I may contemplate wondrous things from your instruction. I am a resident alien on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. I am continually overcome with longing for your judgments. You rebuke the arrogant, the ones under a curse who wander from your commands. Take insult and contempt away from me, for I have kept your decrees. Though princes sit together speaking against me, your servant will think about your statutes. Your decrees are my delight and my counselors. What a way of phrasing it. God's word, God's decrees, not only should they be our delight, they should be our advisors, our counselors. We should go to God's word for wisdom and counsel, and then we should live our lives informed by that wisdom and counsel. Well, let's close with one more piece of God's word, our Bible memory passage for the month of October, which is 1 John 4, 7 and 8. And it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Amen. May the word of God dwell in you richly today and me also. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.